0: This is Scott Becker with a a special combined episode of the Becker's Healthcare and Becker's Private Equity Podcast. Today's discussion is led by two brilliant partners and leaders at McGuire Woods. And they're gonna talk about the payer services market and and what Tampa is with the explosion of payers of every different level. Yes, there's the four big payers, but then there's hundreds and hundreds of other payers Either hospital sponsored payers, other kinds of payers. I mean, aside from the United Healthcare, the Aetna, CVS, Cigna, Elevance, there's hundreds of payers out there. There's the Medicaid plans, there's Medicare, VA, and, and so many other payers. And this has led to an explosion of investment in all kinds of technology and other things that, that sell into the payer services space. Amber and Kayla are going to give us today Amber Walsh, Kayla McCann Marty, Amber's on the executive committee at McGuire Woods. She's lived her career at this intersection of healthcare, provider side, and then private equity, this intersection. Kayla, as well, has done a tremendous amount of work on the multi-facility provider side, also at this intersection of healthcare and private equity. They're gonna talk to us today about this payer services space. Kayla, let me start with you. What's creating the interest in this space, this payer services space, Uh, Can you tell us about what's driving that?
1: Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Thanks so much for having us today. I think payer services has become an emerging area, especially for private equity investing in healthcare, because it has a lot of features of healthcare associated with the provider side that many are familiar with but it also has some of the benefits of being a little bit less regulated and having a little bit more fragmentation even than some of the provider services side. There's a couple of key things. Uh, One is billing administration has gotten extremely complicated with payers, which really has provided opportunity for new growth and new development of companies that are providing sophisticated technology to administer claims. Those are organizations that weren't around previously and are ripe for consolidation. Um, Also, there's been a real development in state law initiatives around patient rights and coverage reviews that have opened the ability for certain companies to come in and fill that niche for payers to make sure that they're complying with some very new laws in the space. And then, obviously, with the development of telemedicine coming out of COVID, the demand by patients to have access that their payers facilitate to healthcare, that intersection has really driven a lot of growth. Obviously, those are just a few things, but those are definitely some of the major points.
0: And, and Amber, Talk to us about. I mean, we've obviously seen this explosion of this war behind between providers and payers around pre-authorization and so forth. But I know the space is much deeper than that. Talk to us a little bit about the different categories of services when you think of the payer services space in in that business area.
2: You know, we like to think about it broken down into four different categories, and it this is a construct. These four categories that we've started to see emerge. With investors, investment bankers, uh, in a lot of the deal uh, discussions, breaking down into these four categories, and in some ways these are, you know, slightly arbitrary lines, but it really helps you to get a sense of the breadth of what this market is when you talk about them in these categories. So the first. And I'll I'll talk a little bit more deeply about a couple of these here in a minute, but the first of the categories would be ancillary benefit management companies, you know, the companies that are essentially assigned to assist payers with managing those ancillary benefits that are not core and covered by the medical plan, so ambulance rides, uh, certain supplies, And depending on the plan, that can even extend to like a PBM for uh, pharmaceuticals, dental, vision. So that's kind of the first big category. You also have a whole host of what we call cost containment solutions. So these are really focused on reducing costs for the payer. And of course, ultimately, that can assist the provider, but it's focused on payer costs. So um, focusing on some of the administrative functions, document management, compliance management on some of the, the regulatory regimes, Kayla referenced. And then you have IT services. And of course, there's a lot of crossover in these areas, but IT services goes almost more to the provider and patient experience. So it kind of augments, these are the providers that augment what the payers are doing. They integrate software systems between the providers and the payers. They create improved patient uh, beneficiary experiences. And then the fourth category would be medical review, you know, the independent medical review, uh, organizations doing peer review, prior off, utilization review, et cetera. And that's kind of a, a four bucket construct that we've used a lot um, in describing, and it's interesting to see how there's a lot of overlap amongst companies when you're looking at kind of their add-on strategy and how different companies are integrating these different functions on what they can provide to payers. And I can talk a little bit more about what's driving in a couple of those categories, but those are kind of the big four categories we see.
0: Thank you. And and talk about, Kayla, maybe add on to that and sort of some of the categories that you're seeing there, medical review and some of the other things you're seeing there.
1: Absolutely. On the medical review side, that's one of the biggest areas of increased activity that we've seen. And largely it's because of that billing complication that I described earlier It's becoming really necessary to have certain technologies and have certain administrative processes that can easily navigate medical reviews for payers. And so they've been investing a significant amount of resources in that area. They've also been looking at it really closely because it allows them to mine data for speed of reviews and for future planning purposes associated with total spend so we've seen with the development of AI and the growth of interest in AI in healthcare that that's been an area for ripe growth associated with medical review. And Amber touched briefly on cost containment, but there's a couple of elements of that that we find particularly interesting. So, so first of all, what well, what people typically think about is just reducing fraud and reducing overutilization. But that actually is the minority of companies that we are seeing growth in. We're seeing greater amounts of growth in companies that reduce administrative costs and help payers eliminate some of the manual processes that they have that are really high labor costs and high time consumption. And then also a new development in encouraging population health. Because population health initiatives in and of themselves are being linked to some of these cost containment solutions to overall help payers manage their total spend. And so that's been an interesting component that we've seen be a development that we expect to continue through this year, next year, and probably years to come.
0: Thank you. And when you look at predictions of what's going to happen in this space, this space has been an explosive in growth space, I know at Becker's Healthcare, we've got a Becker's Payer Conference now, and it's exploding. It's a size and interest in people wanting solutions, people selling into the market and more. What are some of the thoughts that you have for 2024? What do you expect to happen in the space next year?
1: Absolutely. I think that it is expected to explode. Uh, I think change healthcare's acquisition by Optum really was one of the hallmark transactions in this space and has peaked an extreme amount of interest in each of these different areas that Amber flagged, the cost containment, the medical review, the ancillary benefit, and the IT. I think that the cost containment activity, we are likely to see a lot of most quickly, because it's in extreme demand by the payers. But I think that in each of these categories, there's room for growth. I also think that based on the regulatory climate and and just a desire by private equity funds to continue to expand their footprint in healthcare, but in diverse areas of healthcare, we expect to continue to see interest in in payer services, health IT, pharma services, things that are uh, non-traditional provider-side healthcare, but have a really intense nexus to that core area.
0: Thank you. And, and when you look at these areas, Amber and, and Kayla, I'll ask you both this question. What are you most excited about when you see this area evolve over the next year? What, what do you sort of, do you see a lot of private equity investment and venture capital investment. What are you most excited about and focused on as you'll get this over the next year or so?
2: I'm excited to see it actually uh, kind of moving in out, moving down the market from, you know, Kayla talked about the optimum change healthcare. There's some big ones in Magellan. There's some big, big, big ones, but I love seeing you move down into the middle market, the lower middle market where we play in private equity So I've enjoyed watching Thompson Street Capital, for example, private equity firm, healthcare, a big part of what they focus on based in St. Louis. They have data dimensions, which is an electronic clearing house for payers. And they've been doing add on acquisitions to data dimensions and some smaller product offerings. That's really fun for me to see There's The big transactions really move the markets and get a lot of attention, but I love seeing the lower middle market get involved, too. And Kayla, I I know you've got other things that you're excited to see.
1: Absolutely. I'm really excited about how many different players are in this space. Scott, you hit on it briefly, but it's private equity, it's payers, it's health systems, health system, venture funds, traditional venture funds. Silicon Valley, all of these different players in the space that are somewhat non-traditional healthcare provider side players are in this area of payer services with the intersection of payers and providers. And I think that's particularly attractive. It brings a lot of new people to the landscape, uh, and it also brings new capital and new growth opportunities.
0: I mean, it's been fascinating to watch the explosion in this space and the continued explosion in it, and just absolutely fascinating. Amber Walsh, Kayla, Marty, I want to thank Kayla McCann, Marty, I want to thank the both of you for joining us today on this combined episode of the Becker's Healthcare and Becker Private Equity Podcast. It's great to visit with both of you. It's such an interesting issue and area. Thank you very
1: much for joining us. Thank you, Scott.